Alrighty, so church, we're going to be continuing our series, I Wonder Why. We've seen things uh, uh, such as, I wonder why there's evil. I wonder why there's suffering and trials. I wonder why I need to forgive. Um, but today we're going to be looking at, I wonder why I should pray. Why should I pray? If God is sovereign, why should I pray? If God knows what's in my heart, why should I pray? If God knows what's coming tomorrow and the next day, why should I pray? And I'll start off just by giving us the point right away uh, and then expanding on it. The point for today is we should pray because we are able to. We should pray because we are able to. And three ways we'll expand on that. We are able to through God's Son, through God's Spirit, and through God's Word. We are able to pray because God sent His Son, God sent His Spirit, and God has given us His Word. He has enabled us to pray. And so, prayer, the prayer life in a believer's uh, life um, usually is something like this. Does anybody else have really bad allergies like me? Like really bad. The weather changes just a little bit and my head just starts swelling. My eyes start getting red and I just can't breathe. And all I'm thinking about is, wow, I wish I could just breathe normally. You know, like the way I just most of the time do. I wish I could just breathe normally. And usually then my allergies go away and immediately I start taking for granted uh, being able to breathe uh, like normal. Well, I feel like prayer life, our prayer life can sometimes be like this. Not that it'll ever be taken away from us, but church, are we taking for granted our prayer? Our ability to pray. And as believers in Christ, we have a privilege to pray. It's not something uh, just as normal as breathing. Because something great and amazing had to happen that we may be able to pray. And so again, your prayer life is never going to be taken away. But are we taking it for granted, church? We pray because we are able to. And we'll go through three points. We are able to because God sent his son. God has given us his spirit and has given us his word. So we'll start with the first point. We pray because we are able to. We are able to because God sent his son. We'll be in Galatians chapter 4. If you want to start opening up your Bibles there, the passages will also be on the screen. Galatians chapter 4. Paul is talking about what it is to be an heir to God and having the inheritance that is to, to come in our redemption and verse 4 starts like this, but when the fullness of time had come, God sent forth his son. It talk, Paul starts talking about uh, being heirs uh, or a child who is an heir is no different from a slave. Because the heir, though he owns the inheritance, is still under the authority of the manager of that inheritance. So he's showing us God has set a time. The Father has set a time that we may have that inheritance. And that time isn't in the future. It's when God sent his son. God sent forth his son, born of woman, born under the law, 
Why did he do that? Why did he send his son? It was to redeem those who were under the law so that we might receive adoption as sons. So that we might receive adoptions as sons. Adoption is to formally and legally declare that someone is not, who is not one's old child is henceforth to be treated and cared for as one's own child, including the complete rights of inheritance. So why did he send his son? It was to redeem us that we might receive adoption, that we might be treated as God's own child, including the complete rights of inheritance. And because we are sons, because you are an adopted son and daughter of God the Father, God has sent the spirit of his son into our hearts, crying, Abba, Father. The, the word Abba is, is kind of an informal way of saying father. It's like the way I grew up saying Appa or Papi or the way my son is growing up and saying Dada or Daddy. It's an informal way though shows an intimate relationship with the father. And that spirit is now in us crying out Abba, Father, because it's showing that we now as adopted sons, are reconciled with the Father that we may have this intimate relationship. The Spirit in us crying out, Abba, Father. Jesus himself in the prayer in Gethsemane says, Abba, Father, all things are possible for you. Remove this cup from me, yet not what I will, but what you will. That's in Mark 14. Jesus, the Son of God himself, crying, Abba, Father, this intimate relationship with Father is now our privilege given to us because God sent his Son. The reason that God sent his Spirit is that we are his adopted sons and daughters. Church, to pray, just the simple fact that we can pray is the gospel. It is the good news. To pray is the gospel. It's that you are now an adopted son and daughter of the Father, and now you have this intimate relationship with the Father where you can speak to God. We pray because we are able to. We are able to because God sent his son. Now, some of you might think I'm a little too young to remember this, but I, I got to experience the time when phones ran on minutes. Uh, does anybody else remember that, where you had to buy literal minutes? Uh, yeah, we have just a whole bunch of young people here, so y'all don't remember. Um, you had to buy literal minutes to make phone calls, and I might have not paid for them, but I knew, I knew the rules. I knew when to call because they were free at certain hours, and, and you know that, so... Let's say you were in debt. <laughs> Your minutes were way, way, way over. And the line was about to be cut. And there was no amount of work, no amount of riches that was going to pay off your debt. But for some reason, the CEO intervenes and he pays off your bill. And not only that, but he gives you an unlimited amount of minutes on your line. And I'll end it there because then it gets a little funky. The only person you can call is the CEO. And he, get, he puts you under his inheritance. But you get the picture. 
Your debt is paid off completely. And church, the line that connected us with the Father was cut off. It was hopeless. No amount of work you could do, no amount of riches would be able to purchase this line again. Nothing you can do or could have done could have paid this off, but God intervened. And he made a way for us to be reconciled to himself. And that way was him sending his son, Jesus Christ. And now that you are an adopted son and daughter, the line is open. And it's unlimited. You can't get back into debt. It's paid off forever and ever. And the sacrifice of Christ's life was the payment to bring peace between you and the Father. You are now reconciled through the Son with the Father to an intimate relationship with him where you can cry out, Abba, Father, by his Spirit. We pray because we are able to. We are able to because God sent his Son. Now, if you put your faith and trust in Christ, the fact that we are able to pray might be something we take for granted. Similar to the fact that when you have really bad allergies, you're thinking, man, I, I wish I could just breathe normally. Because something great and wonderful had to happen for us to receive the privilege of prayer to God. Church, prayer is the gospel. It is the good news. And we don't have to work for it. And we don't have to give sacrifices. We don't have to purchase it. If you have your faith in Jesus Christ, you're not only invited to pray, you are caused to pray. You're not only invited to pray, you are caused to pray. Which leads us to the second point Paul makes here even in Galatians 4. Is that we pray because we are able to. And we are able to because God sent his spirit. We are able to because God sent his spirit. And so Paul, who wrote Galatians 4, also wrote Romans 8. And I want to turn there because he expands in such an awesome way that same point. Romans 8, verse 26, if you'd like to turn there. Again, the passages will be on the screen as well. It says, likewise, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. Likewise, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. What is he comparing it to? Well, just before this, he was talking about creation groaning for the day of redemption. He says, not only that, but you yourself are groaning for the day of full redemption with the Father. Similar to that, the Spirit... The Spirit of God, the Spirit of His Son, helps us in our weakness. The word helps here isn't just, you know, just taking over the reins, taking over the wheel. No, it means joining in and helping us. And our weakness meaning that we are incapable. We are incapable, yet we are participants in our prayer because the Spirit joins in helping us for why does he have to help us? Because we don't know how to pray as we ought. 
We don't know how to pray as we are called to do. The Spirit helps us. Though you are incapable, church, the Spirit is there to help us. And so there's no excuses. There's no, well, I don't know what to pray. I don't know the right words to say. I don't know how to say this eloquently enough so that God can hear me. There's no excuses. We are all incapable of praying the way we ought to do so. But the Spirit leads and guides our prayer. It is expected for us to pray. The Spirit is guiding us and leading us. He continues. How does he do this? He intercedes. The Spirit himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. I love that picture. The Spirit himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. He petitions on our behalf, and he groans. Now, this groaning isn't that he's worried or stressed. It's that the Spirit is groaning Because he awaits and he longs and he earnestly longs for the day of full redemption with the Father. He intercedes with us or for us with groanings. A groaning for the day of full redemption with the Father. That are too deep for words. Verse 27, and he, meaning God the Father, And he who searches hearts knows what is the mind of the Spirit. He who searches hearts, the Father who searches our hearts, understands what is the mind of the Spirit. This reminds me of Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12, where it says, For the word of God is living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing to the division of soul and spirit, of joints and marrow, and discerning the thoughts and intentions of the heart. Those aren't the same thing. The intentions of our hearts are not the same as the mind of the Spirit. And God can see the distinction between both of those. And how does he know what the mind of the Spirit is? It says, because the Spirit intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. The mind of the Spirit never deviates from the will of God. God can make the distinction between the intentions of your heart and the mind of the Spirit. And he knows what the mind of the Spirit is because the Spirit intercedes for the saints according to the will of God, God's truth. Again, we pray because we are able to. We are able to because God sent his spirit. So this isn't the spirit taking over your tongue. This isn't the spirit just putting words in your mouth or you reciting words or him just writing out an essay for you or giving you a script. Uh, The spirit is joining in helping us. Though we are incapable, we still participate. And again, church, we are without excuse. You're not called to pray uh, with big words, with a lot of words even, Jesus says. 
You're just called to pray and to be in an intimate relationship with the Father. And what God has provided for you, though you are incapable, is his spirit that will lead and guide you with groanings that are a longing for the day of full redemption in him. And so, again, what does the spirit bring? He brings that longing. He brings the longing for full redemption. He directs us and he directs our prayer with eagerness for the day that we find ourselves face to face with the Father. Church, if there's no groaning, if there's no longing for transformation, if there's no groaning for sanctification, if there's no groaning for the day that we will be face to face with the Father, Is that prayer led by the Spirit, or is that prayer led by your own self-ambition? If our prayer, if in our prayer there's no groaning, there's no longing for the day that we are face-to-face with our Savior, for the transformation and sanctification that happens in our lives, are those prayers led by the Spirit, Or are they led by our own self-ambition? James 4.3 says, you ask and do not receive because you ask wrongly to spend it on your passion. The Spirit knows what it is to be complete in the Father. They've been complete together for eternity past. And now the Spirit in you longs and earnestly longs for that day. And we are face-to-face with our Father once again. So why do we groan for peace on this earth, church? Why do we groan? Because there's trouble in this world. Why do we groan? Because there's suffering in this world. If the Spirit himself, groan, his groaning looks much further than today. So let us pray with our eyes set on our hope, and that's going to change our prayer. That's going to transform our lives. And let's surrender to the mind of the Spirit, and let's pray according to the will of the Father, which is uh, another point he makes in Romans 8.27 here, praying according to the will of the Father. Takes us to the third and final point that says, We pray because we are able to. We are able to because God has given us his word. We pray because we are able to. We are able to because God has given us his word. We'll be in Psalm 145 here. Verses 18 and 19 that says this. The Lord is near to all who call on him. To all who call on him in truth. Another way to say this is the Lord is not near to all. He's near to all who call on him in truth. He's near to all who call on him in truth. And then he gives us a parallel. If we see this just as poetry, he's giving us an A-B-B-A type of parallel here. So the next verse, he's kind of repeating what he just said. He fulfills the desires of those who fear him. To fulfill our desires, to fulfill our call. And now what is the substance of our desire? What is the substance of our call? It's his truth and it's a fear of him, a reverence to him. 
Finally, he says, he also hears their cry and saves them. So what does it look like that God is near to us? For the Lord to be near is for the Lord to hear our cry and save us. We pray because we are able to. We are able to because God has given us his word. It's the substance of our prayer, his truth. Pastor Tim Keller defines prayer this way, and I really, really like it. He says, prayer is continuing a conversation that God initiated through his word and his grace, which eventually becomes a full encounter with him. If your faith is in Jesus Christ as Savior, the conversation has been initiated. God has spoken, and it's his word. It's the Bible. Church, are you responding accordingly? Are we responding accordingly to his will and his truth? I'll mention this. My beautiful, patient wife, uh, she's the best to me because I'm one who tends to hyper-focus on things, whether it's me watching something or whether it's me reading something or just even playing with the kids, whatever it is, I, I just hyper-focus. And if she comes in and asks me the, the simplest of questions, it takes me a few tries for me to finally turn around and be like, what did you say? <laughs> and she thinks I'm losing my hearing, but I just know there's a bit of a delay there. Uh, I promise. It's just that. It takes me a few huhs and what's until I finally answer uh, what her question is. And that might be us. Because God has spoken, and he's giving us his truth. Church, are we going to respond accordingly to his word? Are we going to respond accordingly to his word? If we're going to pray according to his will, we ought to know what his word says. Because, church, you cannot have prayer without the Bible. You cannot have prayer without the Bible. Because you will make an idol of your heart. As we saw, those are two very different things. The intentions of our heart and the mind of the spirit. If we pray, we are not in his word. We are going to make an idol of our own hearts. Of our own intentions. Of our own desires. Your, your flesh is going to pray for things that go against the will of God. Church, if your prayers aren't filled with his truth, if your prayers aren't filled with his word, are your prayers led by his word, by his truth? Are they led by our own self-ambition? Are those prayers led by his will? Are those prayers led by our own self-ambition? James 4.3 again, you ask and do not receive because you ask wrongly to spend it on your passions. Church, if we pray according to his word and his truth, there's no saying no to us. I mean, I could just simply think, imagine my, my son coming and it's always a wrestling match to sometimes brush his teeth every now and then, but I could imagine him coming up to me and saying, Dad, can I brush my teeth? I'd be like, yeah, do it on your own. That means we don't have to wrestle again. Um, and that's what it is. Praying according to his truth and his word is us coming to the Father and being like of mine and like of mine of, like Jesus as well. 
We pray because we are able to. We are able to because God has given us his word. So three things. We pray because God has sent his son. He has sent his spirit. And he has given us his word. We ought to know that we are enabled by the gospel to pray. That we are reconciled in our relationship with the Father. We are enabled by God sending his spirit because it leads and guides our prayers with a longing to be with our Father face to face. We are enabled by his word because we will pray according to his will. How is that going to change our prayer life? How will knowing all of these things change the way you pray? Well, if you pray because you are enabled by the Son, church, you're going to pray humbly. You're going to pray because you understand that you had no ability to reconcile your relationship with the Father. Except for the gracious intervention of God himself. Now, what if we understand that we pray because God sent his spirit? Well, you're going to pray for sanctification. You're going to pray with a longing to be with the Father face to face. And we understand that our lives are fueled by our eternal hope in him. And no trouble or tribulation on this earth is going to shake your prayers because the peace that you have now with God the Father subsides any type of peace or any type of earthly reward that you can gain on this earth because the reward is God himself. Knowing God is the ultimate reward on this earth. And if we understand that we are enabled by his spirit or by his word, we're going to pray in truth. We understand that God has kindly revealed himself to us through scripture. And we're going to worship the true God, not our own hearts. We're going to worship the true God, not due to any reward that this earth can give us. But that knowing God is the ultimate reward. And how is this going to change our community? How's this going to change our city? People who pray humbly are going to pray for others. Their prayers aren't going to be just for themselves. They're going to pray for others and they're going to live a life in serving others. People who pray for sanctification, for a transformation in their lives are going to be an evident life change for others. And people who pray in truth will be a vessel of God's word to others. Church, praying because we are able to and understanding why we are able to. It's going to transform our lives. It's going to show the gospel to others. Prayer is the gospel. It's the good news. God has initiated the conversation. Are you going to respond accordingly? Are we
are you going to be in this relationship with the Father? Are we going to call out in his truth? Let's be sensitive to the way God wants to speak to us. The way we can do that is to be in his word. Church, let's pray. I just want us to be still for a few seconds just to be in awe. Be in awe that we have the ability and privilege to call out to God the Father. God, forgive us if we have made prayer all about ourselves. Not about having this intimate relationship with you. Where you had to do something amazing that we might be reconciled to you. That you sent your son we may be able to cry out and get to your ear through the intercession of your spirit. Make us a people who pray humbly because we understand that we are enabled to pray through your son. Make us a people who listen to the groaning and longing of the spirit within us that wants to be complete and whole in you, that no suffering and trial here on this earth would be able to shake because our present life would be fueled by our eternal hope in you. Allow us to pray in your truth. Open our ears. Open our minds. Just continue to break down our pride. May we be led by the Spirit. May we be led by the truth. May we be led by the gospel. To pray to you, Father. And not for any other reason, but to praise you, to be thankful, and to call out to you according to your will. Pray all of this in Jesus' mighty, mighty name. Amen. Thank you, church.